Hello and welcome back to Movies on My Mind. I'm your host Rosie and the movie on my mind this week is How the Grinch Stole Christmas from 2000 directed by Ron Howard. Now this is the second time I'm recording this podcast because there was some awful interference noise that was definitely not me holding my phone for the entire podcast and using it and it interfering with this. I don't know how technology works but it's definitely not my favourite person right now. So I'm here re-recording. Hopefully this is as good as the first one because I honestly was convinced I'd made a masterpiece and (laughs) I had to, you know, had to cut my losses and re-record It's not something I want to do right now, but uh, I'm here. Anyway, (laughs) it's going to be so good, so good. You're in for a good one. Anyway, uh, if you haven't already followed me on Instagram and TikTok at Movies On My Mind Pod, please do. And then if you enjoy this podcast and you want me to make more, please leave me a review, um, which you can leave on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you want. It doesn't take very long and I would really appreciate it if I had some. currently at zero. Anyway, let's get started, okay? So, How the Grinch Stole Christmas is a really interesting film. Now, I did some research on my episode that I did yesterday where I discussed how it actually wasn't a very expensive film in terms of how films are normally really expensive and it didn't make loads of profit but it still did but the reviews it got were very, very mixed. Now, It's interesting when you can have a film that has so many mixed reviews, it turns into something so iconic, Uh, it's unreal. And this is a very iconic film, I can't lie to you, it is very unique. That's definitely a word for it. The aesthetic, the costumes, the set, everything about it is very unique. It works really well for some reason. It is an absolute masterclass that we're given by Jim Carrey, who uses physicality so well, honestly. Man, I don't know how he did it, but it really worked. And I've been saying for a while, I cannot imagine anybody else playing the Grinch. Not you, Matthew Morrison. If you know about the Grinch Broadway, I don't even know what it was, the little like stage show of the Grinch. Matthew Morrison was the Grinch. That is terrifying, okay? If you know about his history on Glee, he's a very scary man, okay? Uh, He does not need to be the Grinch. I'm not necessarily scared by Jim Carrey's Grinch, which is a good thing, whereas I'm terrified by Matthew Morrison's. Also, on the What's On My Mind notes, hence the name of the podcast, I've been seeing a lot of these on Facebook videos, TikTok, Instagram reels. Very weird, but they're these people who are... It's Christmas time right now. Obviously, this is our next Christmas film. The Royal We, the Royal R, I'm sorry. I was talking about how that I don't know whether parents are paying for this. I don't know whether this is a paying thing or it's like a family member, but that's just equally traumatic, whatever you do. Anyway, there are these people who are either paying someone to dress up as the Grinch or getting someone to do it that they know. They come into the house when the kids are on their own and they steal their Christmas tree and wreck everything. And the kids are there, like, screaming in the videos. And it's hilarious, but not really, because those kids are going to be traumatised for, like, forever. And I just feel like that is so unnecessary. <laughs> and it's just really confusing me. been seeing that on Grinch News. So that was the end of the bulletin. So now we're going to talk about the film itself again. So, talk about the plot of the film. Now, this is not one I've watched loads of times, I will say that. 
sorry. I, like I said in my last episode, I used to have a fear of puppets and this kind of played into it. I didn't like people dressing up either. Like, if you were dressed up and I couldn't see your human face, then I was very, very concerned and afraid. However, I've worked through my fear now so I can watch Muppets, I can watch The Grinch. You know, I'm okay, so it doesn't bother me. But um, this is not what I've seen a lot of times, but I've been watching it recently and I've been getting some thoughts on paper. Now, I actually really think this film is... It deserves a right to be a classic Christmas film because it is so unique and I think that that's the appeal of all these Christmas films we revisit is that they are unique and there's something different about them that makes us go back. I feel like if they were all the same then we just wouldn't watch any. We just watch new ones every year. So the plot of the film is this. The Grinch is a character made up by Dr. Seuss. Uh, He's also the guy who wrote The Lorax and Horton Hears a Who and all of them kind of the Whovilles, that universe, Cat in Hat that one. Now, I'm not a great fan of Dr. Seuss. It's not necessarily works that have been in my vicinity growing up. I first found, I think the first time I ever knew who Dr. Seuss was, was when I watched The Lorax, which was quite late in my life. So I'm not, I don't have a great history with Dr. Seuss. So I think the appeal for me is not the same as someone who maybe grew up with, sorry, I'm screwing down my water bottle. God, the lid's not on. Anyway, I don't have the same relationship with Dr. Seuss as maybe somebody else who's grown up with the works around them. So, you know, disclaimer, if you're offended, go away. Don't listen to this podcast. I know he does a lot of rhyming and stuff, which is kind of cute, but it's a little bit overrated after a while. So I really understand why his works have kind of made its way into mainstream because of like... When it's kind of like that, it's kind of a bit more abstract, you know, it's quite random. So I suppose you can put different meanings to everything and change it around. And like in this film, for example, the plot of this film is not the same as every single plot of the Grinch film. Like there's loads of Grinch films. It's not the same as another one. They're very different. So talking about the plot, here's the plot. What happens is we're in Whoville. It's like a closed community. You can also see Whoville as maybe like a reflection of reality but in a slightly more crazed way so these people are in Whoville they're very close-minded and in a small community small isolated community they are a little bit toxic I mean past who's the who's are quite toxic if you know they are so I don't know what that says about the world but anyway there's some who's and they kind of like people but they're not they kind of have like weird noses that make them kind of animalistic um I don't know Anyway, they're like people. So one day, the Who's are being birthed from the sky and instead of being a normal Who, there is a Grinch Who and he's green and hairy and not like any other baby. He just, yeah, he's the Grinch. He grows up like a normal Who. I mean, this is giving Elf when I was talking about Elf. You know, this gas lighting just doesn't work. But anyway, well, he knew he wasn't normal because he looked very different to everybody else and there was nobody around him that looked the same. So he's very much outcasted in the Who community to the point where he's driven out by them because they don't like him. Yeah, he's a little bit mischievous. We won't and a bit chaotic, but can you blame him? He's been bullied his whole life. Anyway, so the Grinch goes away and lives on this top of this massive hill uh, away from the Who's, so he gets to live on his own with some peace and quiet. 
And, oh, every year this film is set at Christmas. Christmas is a massive deal for the Who's and when the film begins, there are a lot of shots of, like, money being exchanged and kind of, you know, it's capitalism. Big materialistic Christmases and that is what the Who's do. Now, the Grinch doesn't fit into that because he's very different from them anyway, if we're talking visually, but it's kind of apparent that his attitudes aren't the same as that either, which is very interesting. He's driven out by their Christmas spirit and he hates it. Until one day, uh, Cindy Lou Who, who's a little girl, a little baby Who, <laughs> uh, kind of takes pity on the Grinch after he comes to cause some chaos down in Whoville. And she, like, laughs at his face and he's like, what is this thing? And they form kind of like an alliance, unmutually. She challenges the Grinch because she does, she's not afraid of him and he believes that everybody is, so... It, it challenges his, his ideas and this goes further until she kind of asks him do you want to be the cheermeister and he's like what's a cheermeister and the cheermeister is apparently at christmas time somebody comes and sits on a big throne and cheers everybody on i don't really know but you know it's like a main big hype up fest and the grinch is like why would i but he he's being included so he's like oh yeah, okay, maybe I'll make an appearance. So he goes, doesn't have a lot of fun at the start, but then does, but everyone's kind of being a bit fake and being like, oh my God, the Grinch is back. Whoa, crazy, let's have a good time. And it's like, wait a second, you were the reason he was gone in the first place. It starts to get a little bit crazy because we have a bit of a backstory in this film. And the backstory is that um, one of the most popular Who's, Martha May, is kind of in cahoots, kind of almost engaged to the mayor who is the guy who runs the whole Whoville and coincidentally went to the same school as the Grinch and bullied him. And anyway, he proposes to her, giving her, you know, offering her all these gifts, all this um, wealth. And to be honest, she thinks about it and is like, mm, but then the Grinch gets angry and is like, wait a second, no, that's not real because there's this whole weird thing that they're like Martha May's in love with Grinch, a sleigh, and the Grinch is kind of in love with her too, but she's with the mayor and she can't be with the Grinch because the Grinch is the Grinch and is an outcast and no one likes him. So yeah, he gets a bit angry because he proposes to her with all of that promise of wealth that he could never ever provide for anyone. And as well, in terms of Christmas, that's not what Christmas means. Where are you Christmas? Why can't I find you? Why have you gone away? Exactly. That's the song from it. And the Grinch gets angry and he's like, you know what, I'm stooping to their level and I'm getting bitter, which is fair enough. He decides he's gonna dress up as Santa, steal everyone's presents and throw them off a cliff, which, you know, is a little bit dramatic, but okay. So he almost does it until his heart that was previously, metaphorically and physically, two sizes too small, it enlarges because he's doing something out of care and he does feel bad for what he's done. He feels a little bit of remorse and that is his ultimate peripatia and he turns into a nice guy. I mean, you're not supposed to use that word in terms of success, but it's an interesting journey for the Grinch. So yeah, he turns into a nice guy I mean, he's still not. He's still a bit egotistical, which is fair enough. <laughs> I mean, do what you want. And then he has a massive party in his cave for everybody and everyone's happy and everyone celebrates Christmas in a really nice community way. So the Grinch's escapade in stealing Christmas was actually... Oh, 
I just whacked that, was actually everybody coming together to really celebrate what Christmas is all about. So lovely. That's the end of the film. And it's pretty simple. It's an anti-hero, or not a bit of Taylor, but it's an anti-hero structure. You know, we're following the villain basically all the way through. It's giving Megamind another classic. That needs a review on here. Um... (laughs) But, you know, we're following the villain, but the way to kind of do that successfully is for us as viewers, we need to empathise with the Grinch, you know? If we don't empathise with him, then we aren't going to, you know, support him or want to know what he's going to do next. He is a little bit chaotic, but he's chaotic in a funny way and Jim Carrey really helps us with that. We know that he was been, he's been bullied and we know his backstory and he can't help who he is. So we feel for him and that's why this film ends up the way it does. Okay, so I'm going to talk about capitalism in Whoville. The Who's are absolutely obsessed with aesthetic and materialism, which again reflects the kind of world that we live in, where Christmas is all about presents, gifts, things. It's not about anything else, it's just about that, and how much you can give somebody financially for no reason almost sometimes. But this film takes it and is like, sees the who's as bad for that, you know? That that is not what Christmas is all about. And even the Grinch gets so angry, he decides to burn the Christmas tree down, which is pretty chaotic. But it doesn't stop the who's in the end. So actually, you know, this whole crazy event that happens does end up bringing people together. And the idea of Christmas is strengthened through this film and through the chaos that ensues. Now, I'd like to also talk about the Grinch in terms of what he represents. I think that if the Who's are these kind of hedonistic communities of people, then the Grinch is kind of a manifestation of their collective desires and their collective ideas of being, you know, driven by money. There are a lot of scenes in the film in which, like, we see maybe a richer who next to a poorer who and how there's an it there's like a, a power imbalance there it's it's the rich who's that are getting all the power and it's the people who can't afford that that are going out of their way to do things to prove to people that i don't know what they're even proving that they're cool and that they can put lights outside their house i don't know so yeah i think as well the grinch is a manifestation of that um i think that you know he's green and he is a very greedy character and is very you know ignorant arrogant ego driven so it makes sense that he would just be like it doesn't matter where he comes from he's a product of that society so it's almost like oh here we're getting deep now almost like he represents that dark side and that kind of hidden desire that everybody has, but they all reject him. So it's like, why are they rejecting him? They're rejecting him because he is, he represents that part in all of the who's. He represents that ego, that money, the ignorance, ignorance and want, you know, Christmas Carol. The Grinch represents that to them. And that is precisely why they would reject him. But in the end, you know, he's the one that leads them towards a more healthy attitude by causing complete and utter chaos, but it works. 
it's it's interesting to think that that once you accept the darker side of who you are and maybe the society in which you live in you can then heal and move on awesome therapy as well how lovely but yeah so that's what i think the grinch represents for the who's and then for the wider world as well that he's not a person necessarily you call people you know the word is used now you can call someone a grinch yeah but it's it's more than that it's kind of like an it's an attitude it's a mindset <laughs> it's it's a lifestyle being a grinch which is true but you know it's a universal thing that we have in all of us because we all live in this capitalist driven society there you go that's pretty deep for the grinch but that's what i think uh, obviously if you've got any thoughts that counteract that then please let me know now let's talk about the idea of christmas in general so what i was saying in my previous podcast that did not make the cut was that christmas represents different things to different people and when that is kind of interchanged it becomes very toxic the grinch obviously hates christmas like really really against it but that is because christmas to him represents you know being not not being accepted not joining in being left out being bullied like that that's the kind of things that he associates with that word and with that festival with that holiday that the who's loved so much which is like to real life of course because I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about the fact that everybody has an association with particular words that are built upon their subjective reality. So if you you had a traumatic time, right, at Christmas, you're going to associate, maybe not forever, but, you know, psychologically, you'll associate Christmas with that traumatic event. Or it's like a fear you know if you had a really bad time at the dentist one time and you're terrified to go back to the dentist and that's what dentists mean to you they mean the trauma they mean being scared they mean pain you know but and then for the for christmas for the grinch that's what christmas means to him but we're kind of in this society in which christmas is really celebrated and really like oh my god happy 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 you have to be happy because that's what it means guys that's what it means and you know we have so much media that tells us this as well billboards and everything like christmas equals happy but that's impossible because everybody's subjective reality of christmas is completely different and nothing to do with a wider community mindset because we all live in our own heads so we all associate different things with different things you know different feelings different things different experiences so you can't just implement this kind of happy 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 thing you can try i guess and it's okay but it's also okay to be sad at christmas now cindy lou who in this film sings a lovely song called where are you Christmas? Why can't I find you? There's a lyric, I literally had it, but I've had to ban my phone from this because it created static last time. So I'm trying to get the lyric for you in my brain, but it was like, has Christmas changed or have I? It's it's something like that. It's not exactly that one. Cindy Lou Who, even though she's a child, she's not attached to this materialism. She sees through it. That's not what Christmas means to her, which is what it means to a lot of the other who's around her. So that's why she goes towards the Grinch, because she's not afraid to look in the eye these problems that this community have. And she doesn't see the Grinch as a problem. She sees the Grinch as a real life living thing, person, who, whatever you want to call him. And she accepts him 
and she sees him and she hears him, but for so long he was, neither of those things were true. We see this, this film comes from a very much outsider perspective because the Grinch and Cindy Lou Who are both outsiders, very different outsiders, which is what I love is because they completely contrast each other, which means that, you know, visually, physically, like, vocally everything they contrast each other but they still remain the same and their kind of motives are very similar you know they they want to be able to celebrate christmas in their own way and they are confused and then they don't want to be led by this herd mindset they want to do stuff that's a bit different and wouldn't be accepted so it's it's really nice that we have that and we see we enter the world through them so we take that seat as a audience member. What else have I got to say? Oh god, I've got all my points now. See, this is the thing about not having your phone with you. You can't look at your points and I'm literally half asleep because it is half past nine. It's quarter to ten at night, come on. I can't go to sleep though. You've got to keep drinking from Harry Potter and the Harvard Prince. So you said you've got to keep drinking when he force feeds him when they're hunting the Horcrux. Okay. I see a lot of parallels between The Grinch, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and of course, The Nightmare Before Christmas, directed by not Tim Burton, what a lie, Henry Selleck. Very similar in terms of we, we follow this villain, well, not a villain, but like a unconventional protagonist as they go about their chaotic mission to destroy Christmas. And it's, it's really refreshing, I guess, and the, these kind of things came out, it's the same time that they're quite chaotic i don't know what was going on in the world right then for it to have such an effect but you know christmas films are usually about saving christmas whereas this one is we have to destroy it first <laughs> which is wholesome i think because again the capitalist ideology is christmas has to be perfect i mean there's so much pressure christmas is in a few days for me you know i've also got my birthday as well and i get very existential at christmas and you know i have the pressure of it being my birthday and christmas at the same time so i have it all in one go i can't spread any energy out i have to do it all at once so it's really important to remind yourself to just like turn off you know and, and just be like, enjoy the moment for what it is. You can't control everything. You don't have to control everything, you know? And that's an attitude in this, in this they're explored in this film because these people, these who's or whatever they are, they're like, they're made to have everything perfect. Otherwise it's a failure, you know? And there's a, the massive like um, turning point in the film is, you know, the Grinch is going to steal Christmas, but Christmas still comes, you know? Christmas still happens. He can't stop it from happening. It's the same in The Nightmare Before Christmas. I wanted to do that film, actually. I wanted to do it on this podcast, but nobody voted for it. So. <laughs> no, they did. They did vote for it. I just didn't win. But, yeah, so there's the pressure, and it's the realisation, oh, oh, what? whoa, whoa, you've taken all our gifts away, but Christmas still is still here it's still happening it's not gone and that's what people forget i think this film strips you know it, it strips everything down and it's like well if you don't have this hedonism and this capitalism what do you have and for a lot of people and for a lot of who's in that community they would feel very different it was not they won't have anything but it's you know it activates the gratitude muscle and you know, we're talking about Christmas Carol here as well. It's all about gratitude and it's all about being grateful and, you know, spreading joy, but in a wholesome, nice, 
not driven by greed way. So, yeah. And if we're talking about the character development of the Grinch himself, you know, he's not perfect. And again, that plays into this idea that you can't make someone perfect and you can't control life. Like, you just can't do that. The Grinch exists. Does the Grinch exist because of you and what you have and your society? Yeah, maybe he is a product of your society, but he still exists and you can't deny him of his own existence. So you have to incorporate him into your life and be nice to him. And, you know, he's full of bitterness, which you would be, but he learns to kind of put it aside. One thing I love about his character is he is like, it's not like he is banished from being bad and unconventional and all these things he's not banished from it no no no. he's still egotistical he's still like competitive and you know jealous and he still feels these things but he just learns to not lead his life with them and he learns to kind of accept other people being nice to him and doesn't have this complex of not being good enough kind of thing going on which I think it's really funny and a really satisfying point in the film when we see that character not become perfect but actually work through at least something which happens. Uh, Another note is that we have the Book of Who that is referenced in this film and the Book of Who is kind of like the law which is a load of rubbish. I would not follow it if I was a who, but I I don't feel they have a lot of choice. It's kind of implemented into everything they do. And again, as well, he the mayor quotes says something. The mayor says that Christmas should be Grinchless. And I swear it's in the book or something. And he says it's like Christmas should be Grinchless. And it's like it's horrible. Why would why would you even say that? He can't help that he's a Grinch and he can't help what you have done to him so please stop with the trauma but it's almost it's saying as well like the wider idea of you can't be sad on christmas come on buck up your ideas you can't be sad on christmas put a smile on your face get a life and it's like well actually what if i just had a really bad day (laughs) what if i just hate everyone (laughs) um you know it's it's one of those things, isn't it? I often feel sad on Christmas. We're getting deep now. Come on, it's nearly Christmas time anyway, so, you know, this is like the last episode or so. Will I make another one before Christmas? Well, I don't know, maybe. Anyway, I get sad on Christmas all the time and I try to just be grateful for each moment and take it one minute at a time rather than a whole year. Yeah, there's so much pressure on it and it's, it's quite an existential time for me. It's not a bad thing. The Grinch is an exception to that rule. He is bitter forever and he is bitter always. Um, but he isn't always. He, he does find joy in strange, weird, chaotic places. So, you know, you could be a Grinch, but the Grinch himself is not always depressed and moody and grumpy. Um, he's actually just di- driven and by different things than normal people. And I respect that. So um, I'm going to talk about Jim Carrey's performance as the Grinch now, because it's my favourite thing about this film. It really is. I um, I will say I'm not, I respect Jim Carrey a lot, but uh, he is not my favourite actor and his comedy is not my favourite comedy. He's very physical, big, which is very hard to do. And yeah, it, it is funny, I guess, but I'm more witty cerebral humour but I respect him because he can play roles like the Grinch so well so just amazing and then 
he can play you know serious roles in terms of, like the Truman Show he comes across his character as very it's naive he's naive and he's he's basically a child but then the Grinch is like a this monstrous he's not monstrous but you know he comes across as monstrous to some people two very different scenarios and contexts as well so but his vote is weird the whole kind of costume and set and everything of this is straight out of the illustrations from dr seuss and you can see that and i love that um but it doesn't feel weird like you don't watch this and and it's like it, it, like i'm weirded out by this jim carrey makes the Grinch so big and so believable that it, he almost becomes a real what well, he does and I just think that that's the best part of this film that's what I enjoy about this film is, is seeing his performance because I think that it's just crazy <laughs> it's just yeah it's it's very creative very creative like in terms of the choices that he's making he's making choices all the way through and they're very bold choices and that's very Jim Carrey that's what he does and I really admire that really really cool Matthew Morrison could never, but yeah, so I really enjoy that part of this film, definitely, and you know, just because everything is kind of, is special effects, not CGI, so everything is almost, has this homemade quality to it, anyway, I always feel that aesthetically, those kind of films last longer, in terms of believability and people enjoying them, I... I feel like if this film was CGI'd, oh my god, no. Even, I mean, this is a bit harsh, but, but even like the Disney 2009 A Christmas Carol that was CGI'd by everyone, actors in green suits and whatever, that just doesn't stand the same as dressing up as a Grinch. Like, come on, come on, guys. Culturally significant iconic crazy we love it if you can get past the start and the whole world of this film then you're in for a winner and to think the reviews honestly some of the reviews are like really good but others are awful they're saying this film has like no substance is not Christmassy, and look at it now like everyone references this film it is you know, it came back on Netflix not that long ago and it, it was in the top 10 and it's still in the top 10 now. So people love to watch this film and they will watch it again and again. And it's, it's just so unique. That's why I feel. Uh, and aesthetically, I love it. Yeah, I was also going to talk about the colours and I completely forgot about that and I've just remembered. But there's a lot of green light, obviously, because you haven't got the Grinch. But green represents, you know, jealousy, duality, greed... You know, it's not necessarily a positive colour, and especially that shade as well, is is kind of an icky colour in general, because a lot of the green that we see in the Whoville is darker green. It's kind of more like um, emerald green. Is it emerald green? Just like dark green, like Christmas green. Whereas the Grinch isn't, he's kind of a bit more brighter. So there's a dis disconnect there. But also, what I was talking about, and I talk about this in the 10 Things I Hate About You episode, uh, Kat Stratford is an unconventional character in that, and she wears a lot of blue and green together, and it's the blue and green should never be seen. We see the Grinch lit up sometimes in some green and then blue next to each other, and it's 
it's contrasting, but it shows his unconventionality. I don't know whether he, well, he doesn't wear that much clothing, um, but I don't know whether he does wear any blue. Maybe he does, but that would signify that. But he doesn't, in terms of the colour palette, he doesn't completely, he complements Whoville, if that makes sense. So that definitely builds into the point that the Grinch is a, he's a production of, of Whoville. He's not otherworldly, if that makes sense. He's not like an alien. He is a product of them. He belongs there. It doesn't matter if he doesn't look like he does, but he does. But maybe not not in the way you'd expect, in like a different way. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but yes. So we see that. He wears, he's obviously green. He wears, he's, he's a green, he's a green who, okay? Cindy Lou who wears some red and her red and red contrasts nicely with the Grinch's green, but even sometimes Cindy Lou who wears a bit of blue next to the Grinch or blue and green. So there's an unconventionality that kind of joins them together, which is really cute because they're very, very different characters yet strikingly similar. So we love to see that. We love to see it. In terms of the whole colour palette of this, I think it's it's pretty pretty crazy pretty nice and very Christmassy we've got a lot of green red white and a lot of warm war- there's a warmth to it a lot of the lighting's very warm as well it's an interesting film I do really I do enjoy it so what else am I going to say I don't know whether I've got anything else to say today but go watch The Grinch if you haven't seen The Grinch How the Grinch Stole Christmas go and see it it's an experience and a half and it's a pretty solid film uh, I will say that it is once you get past the whole anti-realism thing it's fine and it's actually quite enjoyable and i think that jim carrey really does shine in as the grinch he is definitely this film is about him if that makes sense he's definitely the star of the show and it's perfect for him it's so strange i was thinking the day right okay this is a really strange concept but he's so perfect for that role right would that film have been made if he didn't exist like how ah, this is crazy (laughs) how would that film be made in terms of the world and possibilities happening in the world how is that even possible that that film's being made perfectly for jim carrey it's really random and crazy and it's based off like the possibility of, of just anything in the world happening ever and then that being just the perfect role for him is uh, crazy who'd have thought it who'd have thought it at the start of his career was he like i'm gonna play a grinch you know what i'm saying it's, it's insane i respect it i respect it perspective okay anyway that was so random i don't know where that came from i'm really tired right now so that is obviously where that's come from i think i'm gonna stop here yeah i hope you enjoyed this episode absolutely crazy i'm sorry I've had to redo it, so it's probably not as good as my last episode that got destroyed. If you'd like to leave a review, please do, because I don't have any. (laughs) Follow me on Instagram and TikTok, Movies on My Mind Pod. I'll be posting things on there. I'm starting, I might start to do like little summary episodes of each podcast. I don't know, just a little bit of an idea. I approve this film. I'm going to do some approvals. This film is approved by Rosie. It is very unconventional, I will say that. It's not usually my cup of tea, but... I approve it. Um, a lot of the films on here are approved by me anyway, but we'll see what 2023 brings in terms of I might go down a rabbit hole. It's Christmas, so Merry Christmas. 
a happy holidays for everybody watching because we're really close to Christmas right now. Join me next time for the next movie that will be on my mind. When will that be? Who knows? 